Which word of the day? Today's word is Leonis, noun. Leonis is the surname of every star that appears in the constellation Leo. In astrology, Leo is ruled by the sun, the celestial body that governs life and vitality. The sun never goes retrograde, and likewise, Leos are renowned for their stability, loyalty, and consistency. They are dedicated friends and lovers who put their hearts into every relationship. In fact, the Leo sign governs the heart. Lions love to watch their mates succeed, until they feel threatened. They can become impaired by their ego, pride, and jealousy when they start to fear their star power will be eclipsed. It's important to remember that their light is never obscured by others, and the bright shine of others' success does nothing to their own. Ultimately, Leo's own hubris is the greatest threat to their happiness. This fixed sign is known for its ambition and determination, but above all, Leos are celebrated for their remarkable bravery. In tarot, Leo is represented by the Strength card, which depicts the divine expression of physical, mental, and emotional fortitude. Fearless optimists who refuse to accept failure, Leos will find their deep wells of courage grow as they mature. You haven't even read that? Wait, what are you doing with the book? So he has the confidence to finish the story. Hear now the words of the witches. This is Kevin and welcome to Words of the Witches, the Charmed podcast that will guide you through the lesser known published material in the Charmed universe and decide how it fits into the grand narrative of the TV series. Hello, spell worders. Before we do anything with this book, which is going to be a very epic, very important book for us, I have to come clean here. Um, back when we did episode 40, Phoebe Who, uh, there was a spell in there that was used to vanquish Aura and Delilah. That was evil witches in my sight. Vanquish thyselves, vanquish thy might, in this and every future life. We made fun of it a lot. We talked about it a lot. And because I was just so wrapped up in the conversation, I forgot to mention that it is actually from the show. Uh, it's a big canonical oversight on my part. I do apologize. I recognized it. I knew it was from the show. I was just not thinking about it. it just, you know, in my brain. So, um... Please know that that is from the show. It was from part of my past. That was the one that the cousins used to curse P. Russell uh, and in turn Phoebe. Uh, that's what started this whole thing. So, um, and, and there was only one witch, so it was evil witch in my sight, vanquish thyself. But uh, yes, yes, it was from the show. And it does bring a conversation about what actually was done to Aura and Delilah. In their future lives? Are they going to be cursed when they turn this age in their future life? Oh, sad. So they better have that amulet. I had to throw it out there. I had to mention it. I was called out on it. And yeah, there you go. I apologize. Uh, please forgive me. Don't distrust me. I will do better at making sure that show references are noted and bring those to the forefront. Ah, I'm just so embarrassed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I also want to remind you to send in any thoughts you might have about any of our episodes, about the books, about thoughts you might have had or feelings that might have been inspired, uh, favorite things, least favorite things. Yeah, I'm going to just take it all in and and uh, share some feedback on the retrospective episode that will happen after we finish the books. We only have one more book after this, so start thinking about that. Also, start thinking about your favorite baddies because uh, I'll be putting pictures and descriptions on the Instagram for you to vote. So make sure you vote for your favorite baddies to make sure that they make it to the top. So keep an eye out for those after we finish the last book, Trick or Treat. So until then, let's start our episode on Leo Rising. 
This is episode 42. I have with me Bernard, right? That's how you say it? Well, that's how the Americans say it. I say Bernard, but it's... Bernard. Yeah, yes, indeed. (laughs) So you're from Ireland. You're Irish. That's, That's right, yes. I am... I don't know how big the fan base is in Ireland, but I am a relatively new, as you'll find out, charmed fan. It feels like a guilty admission that's sort of saying it publicly, but yeah, I'm definitely a charmed fan. Yeah, yeah. And you've recently like just been binging everything and reading everything. So what made you decide to visit Charmed? Um I guess it's just one of those things. I, I was always a Doctor Who fan and went off the air in 1989. And then, because we only get the UK channels here and there's the BBC, United TV, they made no science fiction in the 1990s. So I, and everything exploded in America about 1990. Just hundreds of series started being made after nothing <laughs> in the 80s. So I started watching it and started watching it and I liked them. That, but I sort of grew resentful of American TV because there was no Doctor Who on and that's the one I wanted to see. You know, yeah. and I could see the fan bases of other shows growing here and Doctor Who shrieking away. Now, eventually Doctor Who does come back, but by the late, or even the mid-90s, I just said, I, I stopped by, I stopped watching American sci-fi and American fantasy. And so this huge backlog started creating of stuff I, I'd lo- I probably should have seen, but I didn't. And I still bought all the magazines, kind of sci-fi magazines and what have you. Um, but it was kind of just buying because there were shows I wasn't watching. And one of them, of course, was Charmed. And uh, so eventually I sort of fell out with Doctor Who a few years ago, just stopped being my thing. I, I never really got into the new Doctor Who, f- the, the 2005 version, to be fair. But And I said, you know, I'm going to go back and watch all these shows I skipped over and missed you know like um x files even stuff like not that good stuff the charm is way <laughs> better than the, like um lex um i don't know if you know lex it's not it's not great um no. um buffy uh, or charm so I, I sat down you know and there was a few lots of other ones i've done as well so it's a buffy or charm well i i knew buffy was was quite popular and believe it or not i'd never seen an episode of buffy even though it was really really big here but for some reason i gravitated to charmed because i was recording something on tv it was a series and before it there was this charm and it was this is some modern charm I said, oh <laughs> there's a modern charm so i, I was a bit surprised said, okay maybe this because there's a modern version maybe the original version was good like because they only bring back the good stuff you know so right. I, I, now i haven't seen i only i haven't seen the new charmed at all and eventually i might reach there but I decided to go back and get all the charm stuff. So it took me about two years. What I do is I try to get all the comics and books and everything and just, and the episodes tend to fall my way, shall we say. <clears throat> but um, so I started watching it and I and I really did love it. And all I knew was one thing that Shannon Doherty was on it. That okay. She's the only cast and she stormed off it through either drugs, drink, or infighting or something. That's all, because I remember reading about it. So, um, <laughs> I, and I, you know, I had no other details. I didn't know it read for eight years, which is a phenomenally long run. You know, it's an excellent run. And, but I, I decided, well, you know, I just fly through these episodes. They're not going to be great. So, you know, it's charmed. It's it's a, a series. I think my sister might have watched some episodes, but, you know, after about three episodes, I said, you know what? this cast is really good. Like <laughs> My only encounter with Charmed live, shall we say, was I was living in a house 
in Cork with four or five others. You know, we were all working separately. And one of the girls in the house, none of us talked because we didn't really like her, but um, she used to watch Charmed with her boyfriend in the sitting room by herself. And I said, I came in one day and there was a Charmed episode on. This is to my shame now. <laughs> and, and I think it was, would have been about 2007. So it would have been one of the later episodes, I'd say, because okay. it might have been a year behind. And I said, uh, is that Charmed? God, I said, you know, that got that was only good when Shannon Doherty was there. I said to her, and she went, <laughs> you know, I, I left her. So I, I apologized. I apologized to Charmed. I, I'm not sure I want to apologize to the other lady, but I definitely, I definitely don't agree with that original statement I made about. So that was all, my only encounter with Charmed ever, like until I bumped into the new Charmed, which I used to see the last 30 seconds of. And that got me into the original and only Charmed. <laughs> Okay. Yes. What a wonderful journey. That's so fascinating. It's so cool. Thank you for sharing that. But yeah, and then you started being a completionist. You got all the books, you got all the comics, and you're reading through. You're ahead of the podcast now because you're into the comics before we even get there. That's but right, yeah. <laughs> it's very cool. And I loved because yeah. you are on Twitter and, and you post all your little updates and you give your opinions, and it's yeah. so great to read. Oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, and I used to fly through the episodes. Then I thought, you know what? There's only a finite amount. So I started doing them every second day, then, you know, so it would stretch out the experience. So I think about season six through eight took about three months, whereas season one through five took about six weeks. Like, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it took me eight years yeah, <laughs> to watch it week by week. But and I was trying to crazy. imagine what that was like. You know, you get the cliffhanger. And you're like, oh my god! You know, you know, we have to wait and think. Oh yeah, just switch it on now. So it, it, there are pluses and minuses to the video, but I think get mm-hmm. me alive is the only way. You're right. Yeah, haven't yeah. listening to your other guests and they switched it on the first episode and fell in love. And you know, I, I kind of be a bit jealous as well that I didn't follow along live. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different. I would go to school the next day and just talk with people. Like, oh, did you see it? What do you think's gonna happen? It was like it was so fun. <laughs> yeah, I was I was in the workplace. I'd, I'd say even when it started. So, like, I, I'm sure nobody would have been there to talk about it anyway. So, yeah, I mean, maybe I'd surprise myself if I brought it up at lunch break one time. But it never, never, yeah. happened. it never happened. So, and you know, I love Paige. I think by the end of season eight, she's almost surpassed Phoebe as my as my favorite character um but you know and if you'd asked me after season five I would I would have not I would still have had had Paige way down the list but you no know, she shot up there and you know with a late run and so I love Paige and I mean I love them all like and Prue as well you know I know you're a big yeah. Prue fan and I love Prue but but you know she was there for three years and, and Somehow, though, by the end of season eight, you kind of have forgotten. I mean, the show's forgotten about her, obviously, but you do sort of forget about her by the end. So, I mean, I love Prue, but I, I, um, obviously Piper's the heart of the show, and she's the one who kind of dragged me in at the start because I'd never heard of Holly Marie Combs. Now I'm about to start Pretty Little Liars just to watch Holly Marie Combs. Yeah. <laughs> And there's a spinoff of that too, or a new version of yeah, that. Yeah, there's too, there's, so. there's even Indonesian versions. I don't know how I'm going to find those apps, but we'll, we'll we'll see what that happens. <laughs> yeah, I still need to watch that show because I've 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 known about it. I've kind of heard the inklings, and of course Holly, but I haven't watched it, so I should probably do that too. Yeah, and her acting is so like powerful, just in key moments. You know, I you know I, I do. In my tweets, I do build up uh, Shannon's acting because she's like so powerful, but Holly's just consistently good throughout. Yeah. Leo Rising. This is 
the second to last book. So I guess it's 40 in the number of books, but R42. This is a very highly acclaimed book. This is a lot of people's favorite book. Between this and Brewing Storm, people like this one quite a bit. I think probably because it has these three guys, Wyatt, Chris, and Leo, as like the protagonists in a way, saving the day. And yeah, we have a season eight uh, Brian Krause picture, Leo picture, and then we have the uh, Wyatt and Chris one that was on the wall. I'll tell you a story about this, Kevin, when I, when I bought it. I couldn't look at the cover because I assume I bought this during season five, mate, because it was the last one I got because... I waited and waited until I found a cheap version, which was about eight pounds sterling, which it was 30, 40 pounds sterling. But I found a really cheap version, which was actually in good condition, by the way. But I couldn't look at the cover because I thought these were the three boys or men that the girls would end up with. And I didn't rec- and I, did, I didn't oh. want to know their faces. <laughs> so I, I could wow. see Leo and I thought, OK, I'm not looking at the other two. I said, I bet you Phoebe ends up with the guy in the right. Just like <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> I can't just smile. That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I gave up reading the back of the books about ish book number two because they just tell you the whole story. So I, I literally just opened the book and started reading it like without looking at anything. Wow. <laughs> but this is a great picture of all of them, and then behind them we have like beakers and science and test tubes and like mm-hmm. a lab equipment, and then I guess it's a really it's red in the background. I'm guessing maybe it's blood in the air. Possibly, it's kind of an underworld, an underworld colored dark red brown. Yeah, yeah, it is. You're right. Um, As the tagline, Leo has fallen from grace, and his timing couldn't be worse. And the back of the book says, "The power of three has gone underground. Clues and magic can't be found. Grown up sons come quickly forth. Help your father find his worth." While a newly mortal Leo is out for a walk with Wyatt and newborn Chris, demons trap the Charmed Ones in the house and take them to the underworld, where they are imprisoned by demon scientist Dr. I want to say Nivik, but in the book he says, the G is not silent, so (laughs) Nivik, (laughs) who plans to steal the power of three. When Leo returns to find the house empty and in even more disarray than when he left, he tries to piece together what happened, but can't. Due to his recent fall from grace, the elders ignore his calls. What is he to do? With no other options and no magic of his own, Leo becomes desperate. Using a spell from the Book of Shadows, his son's magic, and a sliver of unicorn horn, he calls the future versions of Wyatt and Chris back to the present. Together, the Hallowell men go in search of the Charmed Ones. With Dr. Genivik nearing success and the sisters powerless to stop him, it's up to Leo and the boys to save the day collect all the charm books i did that (laughs) (laughs) yes you did so what's cool about well it's august right now so we are actually in leo season for astrology wise oh that's right (laughs) yes leo is august yes yeah so we're right in the leo season you know what's funny though i always found like the leo episode titles to be pretty sexy um i think you've listened to hanging with the hallowals too right um, I, I listened because season eight was a bit of a <clears throat> wasn't the best season. I actually listened to all of them to get a bit more inside information okay. on season eight, but I haven't I, I haven't listened to the earlier uh, episodes yet. Be, simply because I want I want to forget episodes. So when I watch them again, they'll all be fresh again. You know, sure, I mean? sure. D- then I will listen to the pods actually. 
Okay, cool. Well, and there, when I talked about this a little bit, how I th- thought the Leo names were sexual. So, like, uh, saving private Leo, I'm like, it sounds like saving Leo's privates. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and then there's something about Leo just has like a, ooh, a little a mystery there. Ooh. And then Vio con Leo sounds just like, ooh, Vio con Leo. It's like, it's very it's exotic, you know? So, and then this one, Leo rising, it can be a little. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's there if you want to look for it, all right, yes. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, oh, I'm just like, Leo just has sexy titles. <laughs> um, but this was written by Paul Ruditus, who we know is a staple among the Charmed books and the Charmed comics, and he's coming out with the illustrated storybook in the fall. He is Mr. Charmed, really, isn't he? Yeah, he, he became a, a very huge resource like for after Charmed, like the, the beyond the series lore yeah, he's a yeah. big part of it because this comes out like a good while after how, how long after this is about 15 this, months after the season is it? this was released august 28th 2007 mm. and then reprinted october 1st 2007 so it's yeah quite because, a bit after because simon simon and schuster used to do the sabrina books and they stopped there's about 50 of them as well and they stopped eight months after Sabrina finished the last episode, whereas the charm books go on for sort of 18 or 19 months after. So, so, so um, it's great that it's actually set in season seven and you because know, the continuity is probably where some charm fans fall out with these books. They, 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 and towards, yeah. towards the end, I, I get the feeling the books were sort of just put out there, but here Paul has decided this is a season seven book i'm going to fit it between these two episodes and it's going to perfectly seamlessly fit into continuity and that's part of the reason why i think a lot of people like it because there's no trying to just oh where does this fit in is it season four or season six says it's season six but it reads like season four there's none of that this is a season seven there's none of that this is it's very clear where it takes place yeah it's supposed to take place in 2005 between imaginary fiends and death becomes them so, yeah, right between 20 and 21 of season seven. Okay. Very clear spot. So, chapter one. Here we go. We are jumping right into the action. Uh, a demon attacks the girls in the dining room. Uh, uh, Pepper made a turkey. It goes flying across the room, hits the wall. <laughs> um, Paige ends up orbing a carving knife into the intruder, and then, which explodes him. But, like, a dozen more demons come. Like, they just keep appearing and appearing. And so there's, like, a battle about to go down. One throws one of Wyatt's toy cars at Piper, which hits her in the head. And then he knocks her out. He knocks her out. Crazy. So how big was that toy car? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It must be one of those big ones you sit in, is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Driving down the street in this toy car. <laughs> but Paige does something cool here. She orbs like a bunch, all the silverware on the table. She orbs it all at once and has it fly into the demon. So like, just like stabbed, like, like very like, like Carrie's mom. So, so exactly. So does, so does Paige practice knife throwing is or orb knife throwing like up in the attic with a kind of dartboard or <laughs> right? I mean, she did something that was super cool. I would have loved to see that in the series. That's a yeah. really cool visual. This is this is a weird thing. Pepper notices one demon in the corner of the room recording the fight on a video camera. Which is like, this is unsettling. <laughs> and so Phoebe is in another room. She's in the kitchen while Piper and Paige are over in the like the dining room. She's in the kitchen fighting her own demons. Uh, and Phoebe is kind of like ducking behind the island. Uh, she's like in there putting a potion together. I, I, I kind of struggled with this a bit. This scene, like how 
peek is the kitchen that there's a standoff. You know, I, I, I kind of <laughs> where are the other two demons standing that Phoebe's able to hide behind the? They must be like at the back door, is it or? <laughs> Probably maybe close to the kitchen table. Although this is season seven. So in season seven, their kitchen got much bigger because they switched from Canoga Park to Paramount Studios oh. and they had a bigger space. Oh, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't notice that, but I will on my next watch through. <laughs> yeah, because if you look at the earlier seasons, when they once they get to season seven, it just feels bigger. Okay. Which is crazy. But yeah, uh, so, but she's like kind of behind the counter and they're over on the side. And she's just like, I'm going to mix my potion ingredients together. I'm going to get them, but I'm just going to hide over here for a minute. Because at this point, she still only has her premonition power. She's like, I need vanilla for this, and then I can get it. So she kind of reaches for the final ingredient in the cabinet. She puts the vanilla in there, and then she throws the potion at them, which vanquishes all three demons at once. Pretty powerful potion. But then in the corner of the room of the kitchen, there's somebody recording her on a video camera again. What is happening? (laughs) Uh, Piper and Paige seem to be losing the upper hand as they're both knocked back into the conservatory fighting more demons. And then here comes Leo down the stairs. He's like, I heard a crash. And he comes with, he is coming down with a crossbow shooting like the arrows at the demons. He's dodging energy balls. He, he, he's like, takes a knife out of his belt. Like at the he's like, ha ha. <laughs> um, so he's fighting away, but not, they're not very effective at all. <laughs> Kevin, were these the weapons he used in, in magic school to torture the demons while he was... Maybe. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, he's he's completely mortal at this point. No power. So he's making do. Although I do kind of find it kind of poetic that he comes down with a crossbow. Like, this was something that was, like, a huge weakness that, for him. I hope he wiped that poison off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of cool he's taking power back, I guess, with this... He's like, yeah, I'm going to repurpose this this thing that used to cause me so much dismay. Uh, but um, Pepper sees kind of Leo in trouble fighting them. So she's like, she's like, no, my husband. She blows up all the demons around Leo. And she's like, I'm going to rescue him. So now, after a moment, all the demons are gone. The manor is a mess, but overall calm is back. Uh, Piper chides Leo for not staying with Wyatt and Chris. She's like, you're putting yourself in danger. Why are you doing this to yourself? Um, Piper wonders if the attack was planned by Zanku. So we know Zanku's around. Ooh. <laughs> and then this is where Piper and Leo have a little bit of a lover spat. Yes. Uh, uh, it's, I thought this was written really well, actually, and really like true to the, true to the characters. Uh, Leo hates feeling helpless and like he can't protect his family, and that's all he wants to do. While Piper doesn't want him risking his life, she's like, you can't help the family if you get killed. Um, yeah, so that, there's that, this whole... That's sort of frostiness or not you know or standoffishness if that's a word that's depicted yeah. very well and you know in a lot of books they'd be hugging and kissing after the fight oh well don't you know whereas here there is that distance between them still yeah and they end the fight they're fighting and it's really great thing but they say i love you i love you too like they with with a little bit of angst in there so it's yes. like yes they show they love each other, but they show that they're still mad at each other. And gotcha, then yeah. she's like, go get dinner. She's like, just go get dinner for us and get some Chinese for the boys and stuff. And yeah. And um, one thing I noticed Kevin in that chapter is, and as the, was it, what is your official title? The world's biggest charmed fan is it? the <laughs> said unironically, said unironically, um, Paul puts medical kits in every room in the house, but why doesn't Paige just heal Leo? I mean, is that not something she can do at this stage? 
No, she hasn't learned to heal on her own until season eight. Oh, okay, okay. I was uh, thank Not, you. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, because so, she ha- she has healed at this point, but she needed Leo's help, or she needed another person with her to help her heal. That's so, good. yeah. And mm-hmm. are there medical kits on the walls? Be little white, like little white boxes with red crosses in every room. I have, <laughs> or is that just a? Kind I have of, never seen. I have never seen one. Okay, they don't. They didn't. They didn't buy the white boxes. They just got the medical kits. Okay, okay. They probably they're probably just stored under a counter or in a gotcha. drawer or something because it would be such an eyesore if they're on the on the walls. <laughs> oh, do yeah, exactly. Yeah, people saying why have you why have you got a medical kit in every room? <laughs> but. Uh, Paul Paul says that all the powerful potion ingredients are kept in the attic. Just, I, I, that's the maybe the only sentence had a contention with. I thought all the ingredients were kind of kept in in the kitchen in different little mm-hmm. little compartments. I don't remember them ever. I know they make the potions up in the attic, but keeping the powerful ingredients in the attic. I, yeah i mean they do make a lot of potions in in the kitchen i feel like that's where most of the potion making would be taking place and they have done potions in the attic too but i feel like when they do it in the attic it's something that they grab from the kitchen and carry up there to you know if they're going to do something specific so yeah i just wondered about that it seemed seemed odd okay well i move on to chapter two Chapter two, yeah. Okay, I'm reading this for the first time, so apologies if I... (laughs) Chapter two. Piper watches them leave. She knows Leo isn't powerless just because he isn't magical, but still she worries. Piper joins Phoebe and Paige with cleaning up in the kitchen. They intend to check the Book of Shadows when they hear the crash. Outside, Leo takes the boys and begins to walk home with dinner. I wonder how far the Chinese is away. Is it just down the road? the street yeah i they talk about how leo drives there so maybe he drove oh, i assumed he walked yeah maybe he did because drive, yeah. that's a point I, that's a canonical thing i have because i'm like mm, he didn't have a car but so i was just uh, thinking he was walking at this point but who knows <laughs> so leo is a lot in his mind and he returns home to an empty mess of a house at first he doesn't uh notice it's empty he just thinks the debris is from the previous fight but clearly something else has happened there's no sign of the sisters he instructs Wyatt to put up his force field for him and his brother um, I presume the bubble appears at that stage does it mm-hmm. yeah. Leo notices evidence of fighting upstairs but there wasn't there before he left he sees the book of shadows safe and sound whew, but the room is completely empty however the charmed ones are gone <gasps> gasp where could they be? <laughs> I like the I like I like that uh, we don't see that scene. You know, yeah. Normally there'd be a chapter where we see that scene, and that that's you know that's good that's good writing. You just see a great big hole, and you, you know that exactly. something else has gone down. Yeah, the last we see of the sisters is we hear a crash. They look up, and then it cuts to Leo, and then it's his perspective. So he has no idea what went down in his absence, and we have to discover that as we go. So chapter three, 12 hours later, Leo has Daryl come over to see if there are any police resources that could help them track down the sisters. And Daryl tells Leo, he's like, this is a supernatural problem and there's nothing he can do. So he even reminds Leo, he's like, 
Sheridan is on her tail. If you do too much magic, if I do get involved, she's going to come bust you. And you don't want that. And he's like, I know. I don't want I, I, I sort of want to share. <laughs> I sort of want to Sheridan to be in a book. <laughs> Just... Yeah. I mean, she's mentioned, but she's never been in a book. But yeah, it would be cool to see her kind of really be an antagonist at this point <laughs> in the sh- Yeah. In the show. So uh, Leo tells Daryl uh, that Wyatt and Chris are being watched by teachers at magic school. So he kind of left them there to make sure they're safe and sound. Um, and at magic school, the teachers are scrying for the girls, but they're not having any luck. They suck at scrying apparently, <laughs> or maybe just cause they're not on earth per se. Uh, the elders refuse to answer Leo's call because they're still bitter that he left them. He's burnt that bridge on, right? <laughs> burnt that bridge, which I don't blame him. The elders are dicks. So burn that bridge. <laughs> uh, Daryl leaves and, and as he leaves, a new teacher of magic school comes through the door that's on the stairs. You know, we, we learned from Legend of Sleepy Hollow well where it kind of yeah. exists. Yeah. Um, so she comes down and she her name is Nisha Maksud. Uh, and she comes down the stairs, which is hi to Nisha because she was on our War and Witches episode. <laughs> so uh, we had uh, someone named Nisha. But this Nisha believes that the girls had to be taken to the underworld somewhere. And then she did some research and she says the only thing that she could find about demonic recording was a show called Witch Wars. Yay. <laughs> we know Witch Wars. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and they was like, yeah, I know about that. Mm. Do, you think, do, you think, do you think she used to watch it on the sly, like in her dorm room? Or... I, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, this was my this was my jam. This was my, this is what I watched. <laughs> so Nisha then goes to the kitchen and begins to make some tea on the stove as she and Leo discuss their next plan of action. She's like, and Leo's like, maybe we should work with demons. And she's like, oh, I don't know. You can do that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, Nisha gives Leo some of the tea she made, and everything goes dark for Leo. Then we see Leo, like, he's kind of like in a lucid dream state. He's seen images of orbs dancing around him. Uh, and then in the distance is a woman. He's like, is it Piper? No, it's someone else from his past who may offer his help. He's like, I know that woman. And so he wakes up, Leo wakes up, and First, he's mad at Nisha for drugging him. He's like, you drugged me. But Nisha retorts that he, he needed rest and that potion gave him a full night's sleep in just 30 minutes. So I, I wish I had that potion. I'd put oh that boy, to use yes. real well. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, so Leo is ultimately grateful and refreshed and he now knows what he has to do, what the next plan of attack will be. So just a quick question there, Kevin, please. Leo, yes. Leo scry- can Leo scry? Leo can scry. Uh oh. He uh, does have basic like witch casting. He can do spell casting stuff too, although he, if he's mortal, can he? He's mortal, which makes things a little different. Um, yeah, maybe there's a muscle I memory don't know. there. Maybe there's some sort of muscle memory he can go through the yeah. procedure and hope for the best, sort of thing. Yeah, I just I don't know if it would have worked. I mean, it's always worth a shot. I guess he's, there's no harm in trying it. I just don't know if it would have been effective or not if he did it. Also, the calls from the neighbors to the police. I mean, I feel like that's something they should never highlight. You know, like in something like Superman, when he hits a building, no one gets, they're not allowed to show him injure anybody, even though probably people would die. You know, it's like one of those things in the series that doesn't need to be mentioned because, or maybe they should have put a line in that there's a cone of silence around the house or something, you know, because yeah. I just feel it sort of, sort of undermines things if, the neighbors who were literally like tw- twelve feet away. If you look at the look at the outside, you know. So, <laughs> well, do you remember in uh, Ordinary Witches in season seven, where 
the the regular people get their powers get transferred to like That's Denise true. and Ronnie. Yes. And she's like, I was I just always thought you had wild parties over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just something vaguer like that. All right, okay, chapter four is a big one. Are you ready for this? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling down. Okay, let's go. Piper wakes in the underworld in a cage, but it looks like no part she's ever seen before. Piper notices test tubes, fluorescent lights. It, she appears to be in a laboratory. Piper begins to piece her memories back together of how she got here. When Phoebe and Paige went to investigate the crash upstairs, Piper stayed behind to take care of more demons in the kitchen. One demon had laser eyes and one could cause earthquakes. Piper eventually had been overwhelmed by the shaking as the floor below her broke and she was pulled down into the dark. Now, now that she's captured, Piper notices a band-aid under her sleeve that covers a puncture wound. Has she been injected with something? Looking around, Piper notices three vials of blood over a fire. She surmises that is the blood of both herself and her sisters. She attempts to blow up her cage. I love the way she just tries to blow up everything in the lab. Yeah. <laughs> it's not scientific. Piper attempts to blow up her cage or lock, but it's ineffective. She does, however, manage to blow up the blood vials and just about everything else in the room outside of her cage. And she kind of takes pleasure from it. <laughs> but still, she's still locked up. Paige, however, is in her own energy field somewhere. And somehow she can hear the explosion. So we sort of know they're in the same domain. Mm-hmm. Paige remembers that before this at the manor, she and Phoebe took on five demons in an arrowhead formation in the upstairs hall. Paige decapitated from the hall mirror. And I mean, this was graphic. <laughs> yeah. Despite. Didn't she orb one through the wall or as well? Or, or is that yeah. She, when did she start orbing the demons? Is that something? That's, that's how coming up. Yeah, that's the next thing. So she first she orbs the mirror to her, puts it sideways and just shears the demon in half with it. Crazy. Yeah. Or decapitates it. And then she does this one with the vase. And then Paige calls for demon, exploding him, her into orbs. Another crash is heard in the attic. Paige orbs there, but soon as she did, she fell asleep. Now, in her cell, Paige is guarded by two demons who she names Frick and Frack. And do you know who Frick and Frack are, Kevin? No. I mean, are they from uh, something? Uh, yeah, they are ice skating show from the 1930s, believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I just thought it was just Frick and Freck was a saying, just like this and that, like just odds and ends. Yeah, I, I, I did, but I actually looked it up. There is a, an, an original Frick and Frack. Page two, <laughs> page two discovers a Band-Aid and that she cannot orb out. Meanwhile, Phoebe was banging on a wooden door trying to get someone's attention. She was locked into a room in an old mansion but was surrounded by cave walls and so some sort of artificial um, yeah. environment set up plonked in the middle of Underworld. Phoebe mm-hmm. remembers she was fighting three, the three remaining bed, uh, remaining demons after, presumably after Paige had uh, orbed into the attic. Phoebe rushed into her bedroom, grabbed three potions from her drawer and incinerated the demons at her door. Phoebe then went to reunite with Paige in the attic but was stopped by a demon in khakis and a lab coat. The demon threw a potion at Phoebe's feet and she fell asleep. Phoebe notices that the lock and the room flipped. Someone was opening the door. <gasps> Does Phoebe is Phoebe able to levitate at this stage? In as she levitates, no. but she does in the book. If I think a couple of times, 
Maybe it's that sort of maybe it's that kung fu fighting she does where she just leaps at someone. <laughs> the only power she should have at this point is premonition because she still lost the powers from the trial uh, in uh, Crimson Witch Demeanors, and then she got her permission back in Sticks Feet Under, and that's all she has at the moment. No empathy, no levitation. Now, I know the house can be damaged by the fights, but demons leaving scorch marks behind? I thought the scorch marks repair just because, you know, evil can't be remain in this world once it's vanished. So the actual debris from a demon, if you like, its own scorch mark disappears after a fight, whereas, the, okay, if the Grand Flatter clock gets smashed, which it will sh- shortly, that stays damaged, for instance. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, because they do leave residue of scorch marks, I feel like that if they do dis- disappear, it takes a little bit longer, because okay. like, they, would, like, they, would, they would come in after a vanquish, and they would see, like, oh, scorch marks, I see this. Or, like, when the, in the mausoleum, you can see the remnants of, even though it was nobody was vanquished there, which he faked Cole's death, there was still scorch marks just from the fire. I think that's more remnants of the fire than the demon itself, if that makes sense. Okay, okay. Chapter five. So Nisha is with Leo again, and she does not like Leo's plan, but she wishes him luck anyway. He's like, I know what I must do. So Leo, this is where Leo drives off. I'm like, whose car was he using? He does not have a car. I mean, he could be using one of the sisters' cars. They should all be there. All three of them have cars at this point. He, he could pick in one of those. Has he ever driven in any episode ever then? No, he's never driven. He's never had a car. The only time he's like got a car was in Viaconleos when they were getting that old like truck that he wanted to, that he wanted to repair. So but when he was a handyman coming in and out, he, he wasn't carrying his heavy box of tools around with him. <laughs> in the he end. probably just like he probably orbed across the corner, across the, uh, the um, yeah. walkway, and then yeah. turned the corner. He's like, do 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 do. Yeah, because yeah, he's had sixty years or seventy years to learn to drive. So we assume that he just he is breaking the law, but uh, yeah, know, but he's desperate. He probably knows how. He just doesn't have any legal documents anymore. Yeah, uh, but he drives off to this black magic market, which is like a seedy, off the beaten path mortal connection to the magical world. So this exists in the mortal world. If people turn down there, they could happen upon it. They could get magical things. And it's like, ooh. Have you, have, <laughs> have you ever read Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere? It's, no, but I do. I, yeah, I've heard of it. It's it's sort of set in London and there's all these magical realms, but they're all in full view of people. Be, but because they're homeless people, no one sees notices them. It's kind of like ah. a political thing, you know? So, um, I feel like this hidden, this hidden black market, this black mar- magic market is like the hidden market in Neil Gaiman's ne- Neverwhere. That's yeah. what it reminded me of. I can see that. Uh, so he's in there and he just kind of sulks around, finds the clues. He goes to where he was instructed to go and Leo meets with Zandra. And Zandra is one of Leo's very first charges after he first became a white lighter. So this is way back in his like supernatural like inception uh so she was uh, a rebellious witch and she turned her back on whatever destiny she was supposed to have uh, in lieu of personal gain she's like i'm gonna use my magic to do to do what i want i'm not gonna do all this crazy witch prissy like white letter stuff <laughs> so leo loans her this book called Mortar's Book of Magic. And it's a, an extremely rare tome that's guarded at magic school. It's like the only one that's left in existence. And she wants to do like a spell of it. So he gives it to her um, and she gives him a sliver of unicorn horn in exchange. The, 
Mortar's Book of Magic, is that do we is Mortar mentioned any time in the series or is this a, a new person? It's an original thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously Zandra's original. So presumably she's from the nineteen forties then if if Right. Because he died in nineteen forty two. So yeah, it had to be forty three, forty four maybe. She does the bewitched reference. She does a hand gesture from Bewitched. I mean, I have seen Bewitched, but I don't quite remember that hand gesture. But uh, I presume if, if the Bewitched fans listening, if there are, uh, would be familiar with that reference. Yeah, I'm not sure. What did she say? What did it say? What she did exactly? She sort of put her hands to her face and kind of like. Oh, you know that thing where you put your hands to your face and you make goggles? It's something like that. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know exactly because I, I, I don't know the. I could have looked it up, I guess. But I've watched Bewitched, but it's been a long time. So I mostly so, remember the um, the little um, nose twitch. Exactly. Yeah. Like, um, and Piper does do that in uh, Which Way Now? The little Bewitched nose twitch. <laughs> but uh, that's the only thing I can think about from the show. This, she says that the sliver of the unicorn horn holds enough pure magic to perform one spell because you, you know when the day of the magic died they had a full unicorn there to draw from but now they just got a little a little piece of horn mm. so use it wisely <laughs> okay on to chapter six i think yeah yeah <clears throat> the man entering phoebe's room reminds phoebe of coal but it's 10 times hotter I'm just trying to think who 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 would play this guy in 2006. <laughs> but yeah. Then, it's probably one of those reality. You know the way they started casting guys from like Leslie and who's the guy <laughs> Phoebe marries in season eight. They were all sort of oh, yeah, Dex, yeah. S- semi-actors, I think is the word, or they were known <laughs> from reality for, shows. For being pretty, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the demon offers her a martini, but Phoebe is on guard. The demon kisses Phoebe. And she gives into it, but she has a plan. She's not um, she's not being a freebie. She is has a plan. Phoebe is flooded with a premonition of horribly wrong images, but she takes takes it out on the demon. She slaps the smug look off his face. Meanwhile, Paige rips a button from her vest and throws it at the barrier, looking for a weak spot. I mean, I, I hope Paige is not wearing her season eight top because there's not a lot to that top. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing much underneath. Did you pull off those buttons? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't see the season eight promo picture. Is what I mean. <laughs> Different kind of show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, a, finally, a button made through the barrier after many tries. Paige checks Frick and Frack to see if they're still as oblivious as they have been, and she orbs out of the small hole in the barrier, but reforms right in front of Frick, who is the female of the species. Mm-hmm. Frick is ready and blasts Paige unconscious apathetically against the barrier. Paige, uh, meanwhile, back to Piper. She's quite proud of having blown up everything inside. It's just everything is just <laughs> dust. Like, well, I had enough power to do that, huh? <laughs> However, the cell bars are glow red and then back to normal. So the, the thing she needs to blow up is impermeable. Um, impregnable, I should say. Uh, Piper tries not to laugh as a demon enters who looks like a cliche nerdy scientist. He introduces himself as Dr. Ginevic and informs Piper that they have already begun experimentation. Um, now, I was thinking, who do we play this role? Because I think if you get the wrong actor playing 
Dr. Gnivik, Gnivik, sorry, this is, you know, if, if he has one of those season eight baddies, this is going <laughs> to not yeah. go well. And I think John Lithgow would be great for <laughs> Dr. Gnivik. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he's, definitely, he's definitely a very quirky guy. He, I mean, he's kind of a comedic character, but also a very scary character. You have to have both. Yeah. And yeah, I can see John Lithgow being both of those really well. Because Knivik is for me is the most over the top villain we've had in the books in terms of the sort of the comedy and preposterousness of him that you yes. really need an actor who's going to like flick, flick what's the word be able to switch on the terror and off exactly. the terror again mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a really a fun villain chapter seven leo returns home from the black market and tells nisha that this unicorn sliver packs enough magic to perform a power of three spell. So not just any spell. He can perform a power of three spell by himself with this unicorn horn piece of it. That's pretty impressive. Um, Leo contemplates what he will do by the Book of Shadows. He's looking through the Book of Shadows. He's like, what spell should I do? What will be the best way to get past this? Uh, Leo tells Nisha that a few days ago, Piper accidentally cast a spell that brought future Wyatt back. So we know where that was. That was Imaginary Fiends. So I was going to ask you that, but I, I remember the episode, but I, I, I haven't really got the titles and the episodes matched up yet in my head, having only seen them once. Sure. Yeah, so that's episode 20 of season seven. Uh, okay. Uh, and so remembering that he saw adult Wyatt, because Piper conjured him, it gives him the idea to call both of his sons in that same way. He's like, I'm going to bring Wyatt and Chris now and they can help me get the sisters back. So Leo finalizes his potion. He chants his spell, which is an alternate version of what Piper used. So I, I guess after she, cause she made that one up on the spot. I guess she probably put it in the book of shadows after that because she liked it. <laughs> so after he performed the spell, uh, he sees a cauldron with his potion and like ice forms on top of the cauldron. And then on the ice, Leo sees the images of a grown Wyatt and a Chris fighting demons. But curiously, there is a dark haired girl with them that reminded him of Piper. <laughs> Ooh. So the two brothers are fighting with a girl. Who could that be? Well, <laughs> the images of his sons then burst into orbs and soon enough they were summoned in front of him they were there Wyatt and Chris recognize their father and are confused they're like dad uh, Wyatt says that Leo has to send them back she's like you have to send us back because Mel and he stops <laughs> so we know this is going to be Melinda this is their sister oh, yes indeed Who in, you will find out in season 9 folks <laughs> yes, although she is. Do you remember the finale, the Forever Charm finale? She is in that episode. Oh, is she there? Oh, that's the gra- Oh, that's is that the one that Kay- Kaylee Kuko is minding? No, that's Phoebe's daughter. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's so, so many. There's so many kids running around that. Yeah. I can't and remember which is. It's for the montage. There's a montage in Forever Charm where uh, Piper and Leo are giving lunches. There's another kid that playing a like a teenage Wyatt, and then the Chris, and then there's a little girl in that scene ah, as well so okay, you, see, yeah. you do see her in forever charmed um but that's crazy cool so it's nice that they reference the daughter uh leo fills wyatt and chris in about what's happened to the girls they're missing and i uh he asked them if they could remember anything like this happening in their history uh around the time that he fell from grace and he, they're like no sorry we don't remember anything like this 
So Leo then surmises that either this event didn't happen in their future or summoning them to this time is exactly what he did in their future. So uh, Wyatt tries to make sense of this time travel logic, but Chris tells him not to bother because it's confusing. (laughs) Uh, He's like, just focus on mom being in trouble. She's like, mom's in trouble. Let's, Let's focus on that and let's get this done. (laughs) <laughs> this is funny to me. Nisha thinks Chris is cute. <laughs> she gets a little crush on him, but then she's like, oh, wait, you're that baby whose diaper I just changed. This is weird. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah, I think Phoebe, Phoebe had did that joke about it in season six, yeah. didn't she, or Paige, or one of them. Like, yeah, I didn't hit on you, did I? So he's like, no. I'm like, actually, you did. Don't tell him. <laughs> uh, so Leo introduced, in, introduces Nisha to the boys and she has the most adorable introduction ever i think she's just so goofy and so awkward it's so funny let me see what she says uh seeing as how your sons don't even know me or did something worse happen am i dead wait i don't want to know <laughs> so she's trying to figure out her her uh future she's like no don't tell me what happens to me and then she's like i should listen to mom and dad and become a lawyer i don't want to deal with this oh my god i'm so stupid uh so she's just so awkward and it's hilarious and i laugh we don't see Nisha again in season nine, so I'm just surprised. We do see other magic school teachers, but I'm just surprised. Maybe Paul didn't bring, the, you know, he's created the character and she survives the book, spoiler. But um, so I'm just surprised she, he's gone to the trouble of creating her and not bring her back. So I'm, I'm not sure why, why he didn't really. She's sort of. I mean, he could have. Yeah. Um, I guess because the books themselves, I guess they kind of wanted them to be self contained in a way. Mm. Um, and yeah. maybe, and he he didn't at the time he wrote this he didn't know he was going to do the comics but yeah. again he could always draw from the books yeah so I, um, also Chris mentions um, Escher paintings and I feel like Chris's entire life is like an Escher painting he's like there's no other, you know if you're to track his timeline you'd be in a sort of infinite loop I think at this stage right right uh, yeah on, on, on page ninety Leo mentions the house defenses and then he sort of gets vague about it i mean does the house have defenses i know the book is defenses but you know i mean there is the whole nexus thing they do mention the nexus briefly um but i yeah i don't see the house i mean there's nothing stopping a demon planting a bomb outside and blowing it up so it must no. have some kind no. of defenses i guess you know just from the prevents that sort of prevents that if you like mm-hmm. yeah i mean there was the, the whole, you no, know, is there a wiki? There was all the defenses there, but that was because the circumstances changed. I can't imagine there's a whole, demons got in there all the time. They just shimmered in there or flamed in there all the time. So there's not really much. Yeah, I mean, they, have, they had the crystals they sometimes would put down and I'm sort of sure. wondering. Sure, and they could do that as a safeguard. They've done that. They've done that parameter around the house before with the crystals. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. That's like the only thing I could think of that they would ever do. Uh, Leo asks Nisha to watch the house while he takes the boys on their mission. And then Wyatt and Chris remind Leo that they have no leads. Like, okay, we're going on a mission, but what are we doing? Where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, oh, oh yeah, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they literally right. have no clues. <laughs> as yet. Right. Chapter 8. Back in her cell once more, Paige was exhausting her options. For kick, for kick, she tries to orb Frack's dagger to her. Success! Paige throws the dagger at the cell barrier, expecting it to bounce back at her. Instead, the dagger is stopped midair on the barrier and soon dissolves it. Acting quick, Paige orbs out. Just before the other dagger from 
Frick <laughs> decapitates yeah. her. Fabe, sorry, Phoebe, meanwhile, feels great after slapping the demon. She knew she knew the images of it. Uh, she knew the images she saw of them in sexy passion was were manufactured and planted, which she did not appreciate. The demon introduces <laughs> himself as Cameron, Cam for short, and asks Phoebe if she'd like to experience those sexy visions for real. Ooh. <laughs> what a creeper. <laughs> Phoebe does Phoebe does have a strong attraction to him though. But she believes it's some kind of power of or pheromone manipulation. Cam- yeah, I was thinking of like Dakin from X Men because he has that pheromone manipulation, mm-hmm. and that's how I reminded of. He's like, oh, he's just you know seducing her artificially, crazy. Yeah, it's like in those lab experiments where they pump pheromones in with the rats or the yeah. <laughs> whatever, and they try to see if yeah. they, you know, if they recouple or whatever. <clears throat> Cam tells Phoebe he's a prisoner too. And that everything here is fake. Phoebe presses on the fake firewall and goes through. Well, she yeah, has... I guess Cam did tell Cam yeah. did tell her that that's the way out. He's yeah. like, you can go that way. And Phoebe does believe that he's a prisoner, so that's why she's able to sort of break through the illusion. And fortunately, that's all we see of Cam. I was expecting him to turn up and do a self sacrifice later and redeem himself, but he does come back a little bit later, but doesn't do anything then either. Yeah. So. With Piper, Dr. Genevieve restores all the broken glass and the trash room to its initial state. <clears throat> the blood vials are back and he tells Piper he's heating her and her sister's blood. He tells Piper he wants to uncover what it is about the Vardan line that makes them so powerful. What does it mean to be charmed? He despairs not being able to have a sample of Prue's blood. See, that is a cool concept. Mm. I love that idea. Like, where where does the power come from on like a very detailed scale? And that's I think that's such a cool thing to explore. Yeah. you know, I love that. And I feel like this guy is the right guy to do it because it's not going to be just. It's like magic science. He does not procedural science. So like, he, yeah, his me- his methods are mad, but they probably have to be to work on their blood. I guess. Mm-hmm. Piper tries to blow up the vials again, but nothing happens. Dr. Gnivik says while she's in the lab, he controls what they, when they can access their powers and actually controls their powers themselves. He freezes Piper, but it's a lie. She's still conscious. And he admits, I think he admits later that you may have detected my lie. But yeah. as once Piper is frozen though, Dr. Gnivik injects her with chemi- a chemical Phoebe and Paige, having just escaped incarceration, arrive in Piper's cell at the same time. They are frozen as well, vulnerable to whatever experiments the mad scientist has planned. Yeah, and the way that Piper was frozen here, because she's like stuck in place, but she's still aware, it was very similar to how she was frozen in the Crimson Spell when her power reversed on her. I thought that was kind of cool to notice that parallel. Just on chapter eight there, I really love that the inner monologue of each sister is totally different. Do you know? Did you notice yeah. that? Paige's inner monologue is hilarious. Like she's, she's got that sarky, narky kind of <laughs> even, in her, even in her own inner monologue, which is really cool. Right. And, and I love Piper. Just she's such the like seasoned veteran at this stage. She's like using reverse psychology. Yeah, I don't care. Look, I told you I don't care about your plan. And like you know. And she, yeah. And he keeps telling her more about the plan. So you know, it's, it's, it's so fun. So so true to the characters. I love it. All right, chapter nine. Uh, Chris is crying and is annoyed that Leo is looking over his shoulder. He's like, 
I just, you don't even double check my work. I'm scrying. Let me do it. Uh, <laughs> Nisha brings cookies and milk, and then Chris balks at it. He's like, "How old do we, you think we are?" But Wyatt's like, "Ooh, cookies!" <laughs> is, is this, is, Kevin, is this Chris's first? And I will use the word canonical appearance since the end of season seven, or season uh, six rather. He was in uh, season seven for it was well, it was it was during the vision quest where. Um, when Phoebe had him go in there and kind of had like a vision of Chris come to him. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So there's that one, but that's the only time since he left. Uh, yeah. But this is also, this is Chris's first book. I forgot to mention that. So yay for Chris's first book. <laughs> oh yeah. That's uh, right. Right. Yeah. We've, he's been on holiday in about 11 books <laughs> before. It is. Right. It's like, it's like he doesn't exist in these books apparently, but here he is out of nowhere. Do you mean baby Chris or, Adult Chris, by the way. Both. Oh, okay. He, oh, yeah. He, gotcha. hasn't, he hasn't appeared in baby form or grown-up form in any of the books so far until this wow. one. Uh, so that's kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah. But I love that he's like, because Nisha brings cookies, and he's like, how old do you think we are? And he is very that very dry, like, he's like, he has to keep appearances. And Wyatt's just like, I'm happy-go-lucky. I love all this stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I said at the time, like, the best thing to happen to Brian Krause in the series was having to act against Drew Fuller because like, yeah, he, he like he, he had become so much part of the furniture by the end of season five that season six, <laughs> he was able to just be angry and snippy and like, have a, have a guy who just, it was in his face the whole time. was just great for Brian. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Fun times. Um, so why didn't Chris suggest tracking down Benzamar, which is somebody from their future. Uh, he is a 600 year old demon snitch in their time who has been a very useful resource. They've used him lots of times to just get information. Um, so Wyatt and Chris, like, if you could probably find him in this time too. He'll be younger, but you can still find him here. So they orb Leo to a bar called The Apple, uh, and they leave Nisha to guard the house. So like, if Zank, who comes? Just run away. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so the trio walks up to Benji. It's his nickname. And they offer him catnip as a gift because Benji is like addicted to catnip. And uh, they're like, just try to egg on like, Hey, Benji. Uh, and so, and this is a room full of demons. So they like, don't look. So they, Wyatt and Chris grab him and they orb them all upstairs to like the secret room to talk. Uh, Benzema reveals that there are rumors that Dr. Ganivik is experimenting on the charmed ones. And that some witch named Zandra says Leo owes her something. <laughs> So he he definitely is in the loop with the rumors. He hears lots of stuff. Sitting at that so, bar all day, that's some network. I guess. <laughs> Just listening to all the chatter, you know? And it's funny because they say that all the demons know that he, he uh, all the demons know that he snitches on them, but they don't want to know, they don't always know what he says. They're guys kind of on edge. I feel like in the show, this guy would be like stabbed after five minutes. By he would be killed. He would be killed so fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Leo and the boys orb back to the manor, but are attacked by Nisha because they come in. They come in, and Nisha's like, "Ah!" She gets scared, so she like throws some kind of, some kind of blast at them. She's surprised, but she accidentally breaks the grandfather clock in the process. So here is number. Uh, this would be number seven if we went in order. Yeah, okay. this is the first. Actually, no, there's because it was broken, and as Puck would have it too, because it was broken in that. Oh, yeah, book they all previously. count. They all count. They all count. Yeah. So, but yeah, in the books, this is the second time that's been broken in the books. 
Wyatt snaps his fingers and spoonful of sugars are back to normal. <laughs> He's like, whoop, just reverse that. That never happened. Where have you been all these other years when we needed, uh, when we would hire someone to fix it? Because they can't afford to keep fixing that thing. Um, Leo informs his sons who Xandra is and admits that he actually tore some of the more dangerous spells out of the book before he gave it to her. So they're like, oh, that's why she's mad at you. Oh, okay. That's why she's coming for you. You know, I actually missed that bit when I read it. I was wondering why she was mad. Like, I actually, both times, yeah. I, both times I read the book, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, he did. I think he mentioned it too in that chapter when he gave it to her, but then he mentions it here too. So yeah, he uh, she was looking for a particular spell. We don't know what one, but apparently the one she wanted was one of the ones he tore out. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheating her. <laughs> Uh, upon hearing them d- discuss Dr. Ganivik, Nisha's like, oh, that guy, I've met him in the rainforest last year. <laughs> He's a demon? Oh, well, that's news to me. He he did very, he was very scoffy. He did scoff a lot. So I, maybe he... <laughs> I feel like it's kind of obvious he's a demon. That he, there's no way he's disguising himself in polite company. <laughs> right. I mean, just a, just he's kind of a character for sure. But she's shocked, and he's like, oh, okay, well, I guess he's a demon. Uh, Leo plans to start a rumor that, so we're going to lure Dr. Gnivik out. So he's like, we're going to start a rumor that a student at magic, magic school has discovered a formula to turn lead into gold as bait, because that's all the scientists want to know. They want that, they want that formula. <laughs> so we're going to put that out there, and then CP comes. And then they're like, Chris, you will pose as a student because you look young. Cue <laughs> close-up of Drew Fuller giving Leo his death stare. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, Luigi death stare from Chris. He's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> with, a, with a slow, sad nod of his head, you know. <laughs> like, how dare you? He's like, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> Kevin, in Chapter 9, the ultimate is referenced, I think, I'm not sure who buys it, probably Wyatt. I think, I think, yeah, one of them. <laughs> is that the... Battle in season eight, the end of season eight. Yeah, yes, they kind of, they kind of refer to the ultimate battle, but he stops himself from saying anything. But yeah, they definitely are doing a, a reference to that. Coming. Okay, here's a question. I just show you how out of the loop I am. Sex in the city, the next generation. Is that a, has that actually happened or <laughs> yet? That was no, that was made up for this because they're trying to be oh, like we're from the future. Oh, 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 so in their future, they have a spinoff oh, series. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I know that, but has there been a Sex in the City like re? Oh, <laughs> oh, you mean has it happened in since? Yes, I, I well, they, I know they were talking about a new. I think there was actually. Was I don't know if it's called a, the Next Generation, but I think yeah. there was a, a new. Wasn't, show there, wasn't there a movie or something? No, there's two. There's two movies, and then they have uh, another show. Okay. But one of the girls, Kim Control, didn't come back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. They sh- <laughs> That's never happened on Charmed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks. Thanks. Okay. Chapter ten. Oh, this is a short one. Okay. I'll. Yeah. I'll give it as much energy as I can. Piper regains her senses, and Doctor Nivik tells her he actually gave them a power suppressant, and contemplates p- mass producing it to sell. I feel like he- <laughs> I feel like he's like not the mass producing type scientist. He's like the blue skies type scientist, not the. <laughs> Yeah. You know, he's, he's more a Tesla than a Edison, this guy. But anyway. Like, what should I name this? What should I name it? Oh, he's just going, he's just such a comedic guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The names are pretty good. Like, I have to have my name in it. <laughs> Do- <laughs> Dr. Nivik pulled down a screen and proceeded to reveal his evil plan. 
And I like the way, you know, they have the, the old kind of film footage, like five, four, three, and it's written, yeah. written backwards. And Piper's like, how, how, he's not even using film. <laughs> yeah. But by, by giving a presentation, using footage that was taken by the demons who filmed the sisters. So now we know why they're filming them. He's making a movie to sell his, his uh, scheme. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought it was just part of the footage he needed for... Oh, it's for, oh, it's, oh, it's pre- yeah, for his presentation. I'm with you now. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, he's like, this is my evil plan. Watch it. You're in it. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Nivik plans to discover what it is the, sister, the sisters actually tap into when they use their powers. And then use that to determine how all witches use magic. And therefore, find a way to control them. Another very cool idea, an insidious plan from a demon. I really like that. It's yeah, very smart. It's very. It's definitely a new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phoebe and Paige regain their senses. Dr. Gnivik gets a phone call and leaves. Now, I feel like he wouldn't have a mobile. He'd have one of those, you know those, 19, you know those pre-rotary phones you'd see in the 20s and thir- 1920s and 30s? Yeah. You live a bit up to here. I feel like they'd, they'd have, <laughs> and you kind of, you just click the thing down. <laughs> Exactly. I feel like he'd have one of them, not not an actual sort of Nokia brick phone, you know. But, but anyway, but anyway, I'd say that, I love that. I'd say the prop guy would have probably done it differently. But anyway, sure. The sisters free fall, and they're falling for a very long time. So something odd is up, and they end up, but they end up on a staircase that leads to a maze. They decide they're not going to enter it, but the floor starts falling away behind them. So begrudgingly, they must enter it. They yeah, have to go. They, literally, they are rats caught in a, in a trap. So chapter 11, Leo, Wyatt, and Chris arrive in a lecture hall where Chris will give his fake presentation. And this is like open to anybody. It's like it's like attached to magic school, but also attached to the mortal world. Can I, Very- can I, can I ask you there, Kevin, is this the big room we see, you know, that big wide open room which just chairs put in because in the TV season, especially season eight, everybody materializes into that room. That feels like it's the the like it's a nexus with a small end point where everybody can enter rather than some other unseen lecture hall. I because I'm thinking of like a college kind of looking thing. Yeah, I thought but, of that as well, but it, it's not really fitting yeah. in the style of magic school to have one of those right. tiered kind of right. mo- modern halls. Yeah, and to me, I don't know. I feel like it's something we probably haven't seen. If it is one of those things, it's probably something we never saw before. Yeah, yeah, you're, um, t- you're probably right there. It's, it would be too messy just to bring in a load of chairs just for, you know, for a quick. Yeah, especially if you want something to be like official and you want press to come and like they're trying to make this look very official, even though it's completely a ruse. Mm-hmm. But Chris is going to give this fake presentation. They have like the speech that was written by teachers that they kind of half-assed and they're just just, um sort of wasting time so just and and chris is a little um stage frighty he's got he's a little nervous about it which is funny (laughs) yeah um half the audience is holographically projected by wyatt so half the audience isn't even real it's just like wyatt using his powers and showing off uh and then they notice that someone who matches dr gnivik's description is there with two burly bodyguards. Like, oh, we can't grab them like we thought. Oh, oh, I guess the plan of attack now is to just like do your speech and then follow him out. So that's what they're going to try to do. During Chris's speech, Dr. Gnivik has a question. He's like, first of all, and he's like, yes, Dr. Gnivik. He's like, no, the G in my name is not silent. (laughs) 
<laughs> Say Genivik or whatever. Genivik, I don't know. Is it a silent? Is it a soft G? I don't know. But uh, he's like calling out Chris for his drivel and declares him a fraud. None of these things you're saying make any sense. You are just pulling my leg. Good day, sir. I said good day. <laughs> so Dr. Genivik leaves. Wyatt, Chris, and Leo furtively, sneakily follow him into the to like this portal, and they get inside. Yeah, so they're on they're on his trail, which is mission complete. There is a guy referred to. Um, I'm not. I think he's a magic school resident, Professor Sonoris. Is that somebody we've heard of before? I don't think so. I know Mrs. Winterborn. I know Mrs. Donovan. I don't know anybody named that Professor Santaris. Mr. Monkey Shines was a gnome teacher. Um, but yeah, I, there's not a lot of male teachers that I saw in magic school. There's the young one. What's his name? He's just... He- uh, ben. He was, a, yeah. he was a student teacher. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't be yeah. professor at this stage, all right. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. On to chapter 12? Yeah. Yes. After aimlessly wandering the maze, Dr. Nivik Voices appears to the sisters. The doctor says he's back, and it's time to, for the real testing to start. Piper pulls her sisters to the ground just as blades come spinning over their heads, so they do have to finish the maze. They just can't stand there. They smell, <laughs> they smell cheese, and they decide that the cheese must be what they need to follow, not, not the pages technique of just going right. And the whole time, which <laughs> yeah. I think is a kind of a, I'm not sure if that's actually true, or you go right, you will get out of the maze. I feel like you'll end up in a dead end at some stage, but anyway. Right. But they, they decide to follow the cheese. Phoebe thinks that the maze is on autopilot, constantly changing, because they knew it was quite, they had a brief glimpse of it from outside, and it couldn't be this big. So Dr. Mm-hmm. Nivik is quite impressed, and observes that that was quite an astute statement. The maze disappears once they reach the centre, where the, I think this is like a giant blob of cheese. Yeah, still sitting in there. <laughs> and they proceed to the final stages of experimentation. Piper's put back into the lab, but in what looks like an electric chair. Yeah, she's got like little electrodes on her on her temples and things. And- Paige, however, has I think she she has the worst deal here. She's on a treadmill, which is starts slow but gradually getting faster and faster. Meanwhile, Phoebe is on an exam table under threatening looking instrumentation. Yeah, those medical instruments, oofta. But yeah, Paige, just running for her life, I guess, over here. <laughs> All right, chapter 13. Leo and the boys make their way to, they're in the underworld now. They went through the portal, they're in the underworld, and they're just kind of they're searching around, and they make their way to these metal double doors that they assume is the lab, um, but they can't get in. And there are like little cameras watching them, but Wyatt's like, projected like fake images on them so Wyatt and Chris together start lightning bolting the thing so they're doing like elder powers now together trying to like lightning bolt the door down but it just gets black and singes and nothing happens uh the two brothers kind of rib on each other and they tease each other which I thought was really fun <laughs> yeah he, Chris accuses Wyatt of having a glass joint says I only got knocked out once <laughs> <laughs> They're so the banter in this is so cute, and Leo yeah. thinks it's cute too because he smiles at how amazing his sons grew up to be. He's like, I love this. <laughs> Very sweet. Cut to Doctor Genivik and the sisters. Um, the scientist explains that his experiments, like how they work, 
and how he is placing them in situations that will cause them to want to use their powers. Even though they can't, he has the serum, so they can't use their powers, but he knows they will try to use their powers. And every time they try, he gains more information about where they, what they tap into, which is very crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I would love to see the statistics on this because it's fascinating. <laughs> I feel like every two seconds, um, Paige is going to try orb. <laughs> no, she's like, I need to get out of this. I need to get out of this. Sweat. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Chapter 14. Meanwhile, back at the manor, Nisha roams cleaning. She remembers taking a class called Modern Magic and that the lesson about the Warren line made the Charmed Ones minor celebrities. So they were learning about them at magic school, which is, you know... Yeah, they, I mean, were, they talk about that in the series a bit, so, but that's they, cool they, that we get more They're kind of like legends in their own lifetime, I feel, by this stage. Yeah. Um, Nisha hears a knock at the door and she's spooked that it might be a demon. However, it's just Daryl looking for Leo or the sisters. Nisha doesn't know who Daryl is, but hesitantly lets him in. But Daryl and Nisha immediately notice a woman running up the staircase, staircase to the manor armed with a dagger. Daryl oh. ho- holds his gun up at the woman. The woman ch- throws the dagger. Nisha pulls Daryl down and closes the door in the woman's face. Nisha deduces that the woman is Zandra. Zandra is attacking the outside door. Nisha grabs a broom and recites a protection spell she used to do in childhood. That she sort of has to sweep towards the door, I think, to kind of as if brush away the danger. Yeah. Nisha hands Daryl um, the broom and tells him to sweep around the door. Yeah, Nisha, <laughs> Nisha begins to work on a potion while Daryl does the sweeping. There's a crash at the kitchen door. Daryl sweeps around there, that shoves the door in Sandra's face um, as well. So she tried to sort of the other entrance and she still can't get in. Yeah, it's cool though because just as Daryl was sweeping, the door magically kind of closed. I'm like, oh, all right. Even though he, it's, it's Daryl's not using magic, the room is enchanted enough that he can yeah. do it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the attic, the po- po- this Nisha completing the potion. Um, Daryl runs up, telling Nisha that Xandra broke in through the conservatory. So eventually, this you know, like the the spell wears off, or he, he doesn't execute the broom in time and there's all that glass in there it's like throw a rock through the window you're in you know (laughs) but nisha is ready xandra bursts into the attic ready to presumably to i don't she's looking for information or she just gonna (laughs) kill them first but i mean what i don't know she's in a huff anyway um nisha throws the potion into into onto her and she's frozen in place and nisha says to daryl that this will be for 24 hours approximately so yeah, she's just frozen in the attic. Chapter 15. 15. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Leo, Wyatt, and Chris decide, like, we can't break through the metal doors. Let's knock on the metal doors in, instead. Bell out of order. Please knock. <laughs> you know? So they knock, and then a demon that looks like Cole answers. So this is the cam demon that kissed Phoebe. <laughs> he's like, hello? But then he's immediately decked in the face by Chris. He just punches him out. <laughs> oh, that's Cam, is it? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Because they say he looks like Cole. That's how you know. Ah, uh, okay, okay. But yeah, Chris punches him out. Uh, and there have been cameras all over, but Wyatt projects his glamour onto those as well, so they remain unseen. Leo suggests they follow the wiring that's uh, on those cameras. They kind of backtrack, and they follow those wires to the surveillance room. And once they get there, Leo punches the demon in the face inside there, knocks him out. <laughs> They're just punching all the demons. The trio then investigate the screens there because they see all the cameras and then Leo, they kind of flip in through. Uh, Leo notices Piper in the corner of one of the camera feeds. He's like, oh, stop, let's go find that room. Back in the lab, 
Phoebe gets out of her table, her bound hands. She kind of like wiggles her way out and gets out. And she starts throwing these metal instruments at Dr. Ginevich. She's like, take this and this and this. Um, while she's throwing a scalpel, actually flew into Piper's chair, in the behind Piper's chair. Um, and Do- Dr. Ginevich goes to subdue Phoebe. He's like, how did you get out of your bonds? I'm going to strip you back down. And so <laughs> while the scientist is dealing with Phoebe, Piper g- kind of reaches to get back in her chair. And she grabs the scalpel and kind of cuts herself out of her chair. Paige <laughs> probably a sweaty mess at this point because she's still running on that treadmill. <laughs> she's like, I can't do it any longer. I'm dying here. <laughs> uh, Piper gets in a brief knife fight with Dr. Ginevich. They're like, hiya, hiya, hiya. But she's like, oh, your big knife is much bigger than my little scalpel. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I surrender. <laughs> but she managed to grab it. She grabbed another scalpel too. Don't, so she had don't two. Bring, don't bring a scalpel to a knife fight, as they say. Exactly, exactly the same. <laughs> so she's like, I surrender. But then she like flings a little scalpel on Phoebe's thing. She's like, Phoebe, it's a thing there. And so Dr. Ginevich mentions something about his benefactor. He's like, my benefactor would not like it if you are free. And he lunges at Piper. And so... Uh, she's like, ah, and so she runs and like runs away and she kind of slams into the force field that's around Paige. So, cause, cause Paige, her treadmill is like in a force field that's keeping her locked in there. So as Piper moves out of the way, he kind of crashes behind Piper into the force field that has Paige in there. And Piper manages to free her from the treadmill. So like, it kind of like sets off the barrier and she like breaks the force field and she grabs Paige off. So Paige is no longer running. Thank goodness. She's dying. So she just like, literally just falls to the floor. She can't stand. She can't walk. She's like, I'm just going to sit here. Water, please. Whatever you like. As Paige falls on the, to the floor, Dr. Gnivik tries to strangle Piper. He like grabs her, puts her hands around her. But Piper, she takes her nails and starts grabbing, digging her nails into his hands, which it lets, makes Dr. Gnivik let go. And so she's free. Phoebe did manage to cut herself free with the scalpel that Piper left her on the table. And so she comes and whacks Dr. Ginevich with a metal tray. So this is this is a really cool action in this scene. Like this is really written. It's crazy. It's fun. And they're doing this all without their powers. So this is a feat. This is all yeah, just yeah. like normal fighting. Piper and Phoebe move Dr. Ginevich onto the treadmill now and force him to run in his own experiment. They're like, you get on there. So he's running on the treadmill. He's stuck on there. The force builds back up. The treadmill gets faster and faster. They start pushing buttons on the monitor or whatever, and it gets faster and faster. Dr. Ginevich crashes into the force field surrounding it. And burst into flames. So he's vanquished by his own he's means. Woo! What he's, a he's, scene. He's vanquished, I think you meant to say. Vanquished, yes. <laughs> I love that. I'm glad like it's a book that doesn't finish with Piper blowing up the body. It's right. Know. It's very unique, very clever. <laughs> it's really fun. So sisters decide to find this other lab now because they know they can't they they're out, they're free, but they realize that. They have to find that power suppressing serum because they can't let that sit here. If that gets out, it can cause a lot of problems for them and chaos for them. Like they're, they're powerless right now. and They probably don't want to feel that again like this. It's scary. Uh, Phoebe did steal a key from Dr. Ginevich before he, they put him on there. He just she grabbed a key from him. So she had this key to the lab. Um, just then, the sisters are greeted by this benefactor that the doctor scientist was talking about earlier. And he's like congratulating them on a well job well done. But you know who it is? It's Zanku! Oh! oh my gosh, he put Dr. Ginevic up to this? Crazy. So, chapter 16, Zanku's been revealed. 
Zanku banters with the charmed ones. Now I'd love if actually, which do they, I think they should have Paul should have done as he if Zanku had been calling him Nivik and the charmed ones were like, it's Nivik, you know. Just, I know. Yeah, yeah, right. Even Zanku oh, was silent. Yeah, it just would have been very fun. I'd say that sort of would have happened if it had been on TV. They would have it would have been real fun. Yeah. Uh, he banters with the charmed ones before sending an army of demons after them to kill them. He's, he's going straight for the jugular here. Yeah. Zanku asks if they have any last words. Piper says Leo. Zanku scoffs, but Leo, Wyatt, and Chris surprise Zanku by appearing behind the demons. The brothers orb Leo to the sisters. Meanwhile, the demons attack, and Wyatt, Wyatt raises his blue force field bubble over his entire family. Oh, just like the little <laughs> baby. It's so cool seeing the grown-up Wyatt do the same powers we see young Wyatt do. I'm like, this is amazing. Phoebe gives Piper the key that she stole, and Chris remotes orbs Piper and Leo to the surveillance room. Piper and Leo find the manor room on the screens and note its location. They find it and go through. I think they go. Is it reverse through the fire portal? Yeah. So they kind of go through. They go to the the room that Phoebe was in. They go through there and then into another room. So it's like kind uh, of okay. Yeah. Piper and Leo find the serum. Piper pauses and debates about keeping it to become mortal and live in peace with Leo. However, Leo tells Piper, "Cop on to yourself, Piper. <laughs> it's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that he was born human and he will die human, but magic will always be part of their lives. They have to accept magic." And whatever comes their way and just live. Besides, they'll be dead the moment they stop becoming witches. Because someone's <laughs> going to kill them. So they're sort of stuck, stuck being witches, I think. But they have to accept it, of course. Yeah. Piper and Leo kiss before Piper pours the serum down the drain and absolutely just destroys the lab just because she can. That's some anger here. All right, chapter 17, the last chapter. Wyatt and Chris orb the family back to the manor. Nisha and was like, oh, you're back. Hey, your friend Daryl stopped by. Such a nice guy. Um, whatever happened to the conservatory? I see. I know there's a big mess of glass and broken glass there. Don't worry about that. It's a long story. I'll explain it later. <laughs> she, so does she just go through the door at the halfway up the stairs to get back to magic? Yeah, school? back to magic school. Mm -hmm. So Phoebe wonders why Chris and Wyatt let Zanku get away because they yeah they, I guess while they were doing the thing they. They just let Zanku get away and they and they're like, it's because he has an important part to play in this timeline. So they know their history, they know their future. Oh yeah. And so they can't they can't disrupt things too much. So that's why they let Zanku go, because he's still got some stuffs. He's got some Nexus goings ons. Piper, Leo, and the sisters all hug Wyatt and Chris goodbye. So sweet. Uh Piper reads the spell that Leo wrote to send them back to their time. Nisha comes back with the young Wyatt and Chris. She's like, she goes to magic school. Comes back with the young ones, and then it goes back to magic school. It's like, okay, here's your babies. Goodbye. Pepper and Leo joke about what's for dinner because they're like, you want to go get that Chinese food? <laughs> I actually feel like a Chinese right now. <laughs> Wouldn't mind. See? Uh, so they joke about what's for dinner, and then Phoebe and Paige come back down there. Like, hey, we just got back from the attic. There's some weird frozen woman in the attic. Why is that? Do we need to ask Nisha? Who is this lady? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end. It ends like that. It was a really funny little... Yeah. Oh, button there. So, what are your general thoughts? Your final thoughts of the book? Um, I actually liked the book a lot, but I I liked it more on my second reading than my first reading because obviously it's a Rhoditis book. Paul Rhoditis is it Rhoditis? Rhoditis. Um, I sort of ex always expect him to be to produce the goods, and he does here, but I I wasn't that. 
as impressed with Dr. Nivik as I was second time round. I felt he didn't need to be as over the top. So that was kind of gnawing away at me. Now, also the Leo, Chris and Wyatt were on the cover. So I kind of expected them to be the, the main part of the book, but, but it sort of alternates back between Chris and the three girls. So, you know, I was a little bit disappointed first time, but now I see the book is a lot better balanced than I first than on first reading. So yeah, I, I, I do rate it. I don't think it's his best book, um, but I do appreciate that it's a season seven book. I love the fact that he's just set something clearly in the timeline and sort of satisfies every fan. Uh, I did think this was a fun story and I do like, cause yeah, I would have liked to see more of them being like the primary people, the primary exactly, protagonists. Yeah. Um, but then again, people do kind of want the sisters too. So I do like that it is balanced, but I can't just, I would have liked a little bit more. It could have been a little bit longer maybe even, but what we did get was really nice stuff. I mean, it's definitely clear that he knows the show. He knows the lore. He knows the characters and it was really reverent of them, which I did appreciate. Definitely. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I think people really love this book too because it is a different take. It is seeing Leo and Wyatt and Chris in in a role that they might have not had the chance to. Like people would have loved this as an episode. I think they would have oh, been yeah. like all about it. Definitely. De- you know, th- this is one of those books that just fe- feels like an episode. You know, it's cliffhangers are all kind of highs and um, and it's it's crazy too that you know. Both Leo and the Charmed Ones are powerless for the majority of this book. Um, so we get to see, you know, how they work without powers for a long time and then see how the next generation would, like, go on missions. Because we never got to see them, like, do real mission works. We see them very vaguely use the powers in the in the series. So, But I feel like, though, as well, if they do bring Charmed back, that you can't have it as, like, two brothers and a sister it charmed is three girls you know so they would have to tweak their future some way to just to have the three have three girls as the fulcrum of the series you know i don't know i guess if you want to mix up the formula a little bit you could i'm not sure tv executives would would do that though (laughs) they just want their three women you know Uh, a major theme of this book is the conflict between wanting to do your part in a fight being at a disadvantage, i.e. not having powers, versus, you know, having somebody with with an advantage, having powers, wanting to keep you out of it and safe. So there's that dynamic. And this is something that's very common in media in general, but in Charmed, it's happened quite a bit too. We see it with Prue and Andy. We see it in Phoebe and Cole when Cole became human, Paige and Henry, and Piper and Leo here. So it's there's always going to be that, that struggle when someone has powers and they're worried about someone who doesn't have powers. The person who doesn't have powers wants to be in the middle of the battle, but they don't want you there. It's so it's commonly in the show. And I think they did um, showcase it really well and, and accurately. It sort of mirrors so as like well that. with Nisha and Daryl as well. They're kind of in a similar situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I liked it a lot. Um, I give it a B. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's about right. I would put it somewhere. I'd probably be a little bit nicer, maybe B plus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but because yeah. um, I think it is unique take, and I do enjoy my time with it a lot. I just, you know, <laughs> there's a dirty thing where, like, when she when Phoebe was with that uh, Cam in the room, she it says part of her did want to taste his, the drink and the demon as well. <laughs> 
like, oh my God. <laughs> and I love how um, Leo notices that Wyatt can telekinetically orb without vocal command. Because, you know, Paige always has to say it, but he just, because he was just orbing without any saying anything, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, they're very powerful, all right, the, the sons, um, mm-hmm. uh, particularly Wyatt, which we know from, I guess, evil, evil Wyatt, but we sort of had taken over the planet at one stage in the, in the evil alternative universe, alternative future. Chris said Wyatt uses his magic to impress and pick up girls, which made me laugh too. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Yes, personal gain. <laughs> personal gain, whatever. All right, so that's that. That's all I have for my real thoughts, but uh, let's move on to put that in my canonical hat. Canonical. The segment where we take the story and determine what is and what is not true to the narrative of the show. So do you have anything for this? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> my, my approach for these books is they're all canonical, but you gotta sometimes you really got to squeeze that square peg into the round hole, you know? Um, yeah. And things... so some stories would need really to be rewritten almost from scratch to fit in. But this one just, nope, it's perfect. fits in. Yeah. It's, you know, you know, almost exact day it fits in, let, let alone like all the characters. Like, um, I often wonder about Fe- season says seven Phoebe where, where she is. It's kind of hard to work out. Um, but otherwise I'm sort of happy with everything really. Nice. Yeah. I have some notes. I mean, cause well, this is stuff that, I think I, I like that they mentioned because I mentioned if there's something that ties back to the series too, I might like to mention it. So um, when Leo says he doesn't want to force Wyatt to heal everything, I thought that was very accurate to you know what they were trying to do because Piper said the same thing in season seven. Once once they knew that Wyatt could heal, they're like, I don't want to traumatize him by having him heal all, us, oh, yeah, all of us every time. That's good, Chip. Mm-hmm. So I did appreciate that. I love that we're giving context of Leo falling from grace, becoming human, and taking over at magic school. They say that he is headmaster at magic school, too. So that's great. Um, Kyle, Brody, Prue, and Andy are mentioned. Oh, that's right, yeah. This is not, here's something that's not canon for me, is when they say that Leo drives off in his car. His car. <laughs> if they said that he took one of the girls' car, then it would be just fine. But they say his car, and that's not right. <laughs> yeah, that cut that, that, the cars over they always fall down <laughs> you, I, they they get the color can't. of the car wrong or they get the, the driver yeah. of the car wrong <laughs> I imagine the black magic market would be very similar to the demonic market that we see in Baby's First Demon yeah I think I sort of imagine it as the same thing essentially mm-hmm. although it's a different place obviously right one's demonic one's in a mortal realm but still it's essentially like the same kind of job the same kind of tasks okay here's something I liked because they said, you know, when Chris was concerned about Leo looking over his shoulder when he was scrying, he was being concerned that people are double checking his magical practices. And I think that really ties into his inferiority complex with Wyatt, because he's always the one that's like overlooked for Wyatt. So I'm like, all right, wants but his I, own identity. I, I like the, how matter of fact Chris is, though. He, like he, he, he let the person he's, do that. And then you think he's annoyed, but he's actually not annoyed as you think he is. He's just. No. He's right. actually. It's a front. He yeah. has the cynical kind of like mask that he puts on, you know. Yeah, because when he's blowing up, trying to blow up the doors there, and Leo is telling him to stop, he sort of stops and he says, "Oh yeah, that didn't work." Like, cause he doesn't get frustrated. Like, you know, he just no. He's very yeah. matter of fact about things. He's on a mission and he's not. He's mm-hmm. detached but quite sensible. Yes, yes. I think I I think that he his character is very spot on to what we see. I think Wyatt too, because Wyatt's just like a golden retriever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wyatt's probably 
sort of more vague character, kind of goofier, mm-hmm. kind of you know. Yeah. Um, Especially in his good version, you know. Yeah. He's like Uncle Cool. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. When he came back, I think in episode seven, I didn't actually know who it was at first. I didn't recognize him out of his evil haircut. Who's that guy? He looks yeah. familiar. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, here's a question for you because I I think like I brought it up before and other things, but uh, charmed rule is that when they go to the past, they don't usually have access to their powers. Why and Chris have powers in the past, and they always have in the series. So why do you think that is? Do you think that's something that ever they evolve over time, or do you think that they? Hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it does seem to be an error. I mean. It, and it doesn't quite tally with, oh, they both exist in that timeline because Chris doesn't actually, mm. hasn't been conceived by the time he goes back. You could say, they're, oh, they're more powerful in the future, but still, um, I don't really have an explanation for it, but maybe the rules of magic change in the future. Mm. You know, we know <clears throat> what happens to the to the elders in the comics. We're spoiling that. So, like, the... the, 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 the uh, the ground rules kind of change a bit. True. You know, I, I don't really have a proper explanation, but, and you know, it is frustrating when they do get that wrong, I admit as well. Yeah. I don't think it's like completely wrong because they have done it in the series. I just wish they would have like told us why they can use the powers in the past. Yeah. Because the charmed ones and everybody, every time they go to the past, they can't. So I wonder what, what it is that changed in their future. That would be a cool story to tell. Mm. Yeah, I think that just has to be left to the imagination at the moment, I mm-hmm. guess. Right. Um, so Phoebe makes a reference to Witch Wars, and then she talks about Survivor too. So both both Nisha and Phoebe talk about Witch Wars in this book. Survivor is uh, an actual Survivor is an actual show, was it? Survivor is an actual show. Yeah, yeah. I and it actually, it. what's so, funny about so, that? It's funny about that is when Witch Wars aired, the episode of Witch Wars, yeah. it was beat out by Survivor. Survivor was more popular than Witch Wars at the time. Oh, yeah. But I love at the end of the Witch Wars, you can tell Alyssa Milano hates reality TV. And just, she goes, stop watching this crap. She basically says that, you know, like it's like an edu- like an after school moment. Yeah. Like, do something with your lives. This stuff isn't what TV's about. And that's, you know? I think that's, that's pretty much the whole commentary of that episode because I think... You know, there. This is a real drama, a real narrative show, and so this is at the height of all those reality shows. And there, yeah. there was kind of saying like, "That's not quality TV. You should be watching us, which has stories." And, yeah, because yeah, TV production. I mean, when reality TV came along, sort of around the year two thousand, it meant TV companies could make lots of hours of TV on the cheap. That's why reality TV exists because it's on the cheap. Like, yeah. you know, so um, whereas Charmed is an expensive show, and yet. <laughs> but I feel like on the is it on the Warner Brothers network at this stage? It was on the WB, yeah. Yeah, because like that is a smaller network, so getting four million there is probably the equivalent of getting ten million on whatever CBS or you know, right. the, 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 it's lower audience. But I think the expectations are lower because it's a growing network. Yeah. Uh, Paige caused the demon to burst into orbs by calling demon. That was not really accurate. When she said demon and the, it kind of exploded, I'm like, how did she do that? Uh, yeah, at least she's not throwing fireballs in this book, though. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that yeah, was real bad. You kind of, like, if you have these powers and you're growing the powers, you do really, as the writer, have to 
be very careful of expanding the powers because it just changes even a tiny little like a rule change in football or something it can have a massive effect you know (laughs) and you're right phoebe does have her levitation power in this novel which she shouldn't have if this was in season seven so that's one thing that's not quite right yeah let's see a demon blinks instead of shimmering because or flaming because blinking is warlock power yes okay yeah these are the little things i haven't quite picked up on but yeah i agree the fandom says that Benzemar refers to telekinetic orbing as beaming as an error. I just think he was being like uh, teasy, you know, he's just like, Oh, you're going to beam it. You know, I don't think it was an error. I think it was just, that's showing how he's talking and how he's referring to them. Dr. Ginevich says Paige is a stepsister rather than a half sister at one point. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to rhyme time. Should we try a spell? Why not? Let's try a spell. In the wind, I send this rhyme. Bring death before me, before my time. You've really got to lay off the rhyming group. Wonderful. Witty, but wordy. I did the rhyme. I will do the time. Good night. To summon future Wyatt and Chris. Now, who cast this spell? This is Leo. So, mm-hmm. what's I, I like with Paul's books that he actually <clears throat> did not just jump into the rhyme. He explains how the physical part of the magic is done. Yeah. And it gets a bit more into the pure witchcraft, if you like, the craft part of it. Uh, anyway, so mix ingredients in a cauldron, add a sliver of unicorn horn. The potion will turn from blood red into deep blue, swirl counterclockwise. The spell is to be cast when the swirling hits maximum speed. Now, I think there's a danger here. Is there an explosion as well? Sure, yeah. So, you ha- so Nisha does offer to I think protect Leo but Leo's just on a mission help this father save his wife so they can lead a happy life to ensure that this is done sent from the future both his sons <laughs> um, yeah. I like line one and line four I'm not sure if a happy life it seems a bit twee but <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst one it's not the best one it's, In other it's, words. it's, it's, it's okay yeah. it's okay it rhymes. It's four lines, not not like poet, pure poetry, but it still does the job. And this is an offshoot of the one that Piper used in Imaginary Fiends. And just for the fun of it, I'll read that spell too. So yes. that was uh, in that one. It said, "Help this mother understand the thoughts inside her little man. Though his mouth be quiet, let us hear his inner Wyatt." So yeah, I like kind of, I, I like when they take a spell from the series and just deliberately tweak it. tweak it rather than accidentally create a brand new spell <laughs> all right so the second spell was nisha's protection spell and it requires a broom to be swept in the direction of the evil at all times uh protect us from the coming dark with magic that provides a spark the evil lurking while we sleep i whisk away with a clean sweep hmm yeah. Why? Why she? Why does Nisha put in a bit about the sleep? Because you have to be awake to do this, don't you? Or does the broom do its own work while you're asleep? That is a little. That is an odd line. Maybe the broom sort of like while you're asleep, the broom is sort of sweeping but, itself. Kind oh, of. I remember she said she says this was a spell she used when she was a childhood before bed. That's oh, why. Oh, okay, gotcha. It's yeah, yeah. connected to her childhood. Good point. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of appropriating it for the situation but yeah now it makes sense yeah and it's fine nothing mind-blowing but still decent and fun and she's a teacher of magic school so i expect her to be able to you know 
adapt spells yeah. on the spot with, mm-hmm. in face of imminent death kind of thing. Sure. <laughs> All so, right. So the, the third spell, it's just the three spells, is it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> to return Wyatt and Chris to their own time. Okay. Sons in the future come to the past, seeing anew what once has passed. Return them now to whence they came, back when they left, all now the same. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I mean, it's a yeah. shame. It's a shame when they go back to the future that Mel is lying dead at their feet. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> like where'd you go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, so I think that's probably my favorite one at the this, end of the book. Yeah, no, I like this one at the end of Charmed Forever. They, in that instance of time travel, everybody forgets because it's so much time travel that. The implication <laughs> is that everybody who's not the Charmed Ones or, you know, in 2006 forgets <clears throat> what happened. So do Wyatt and Chris forget this or do they and just carry on as they were? Did they remember this adventure? Because in Charmed Forever, everybody forgets. Everybody who's not from 2006 uh, forgets the adventure. Yeah. And hard to say. Hard to say. Because, you know, when they went to the 70s and the, they went back, they still remember the 70s adventure. And they remembered when they went to the future, too. So maybe the, this is the, one that... But does the person from the 70s remember the adventure? Yes. Well, okay. So in that 70s episode, Patty and Grams did not have their memories erased or anything. So they should remember that adventure. Yes. Which is why in Forever Charmed, when Grams is like, you're the charmed ones? I'm like... No, she should remember it from yeah, the seventies. They didn't anything. To, so that's a just within the series. It's itself. like a spider's web that episode, though, isn't it? It's just there's so many yeah. interactions yeah. to work with. Like, and you can't just spend uh-huh. the whole uh-huh. episode going. But I remember this, and you remember that. <laughs> yeah, time travel is always confusing, and I say this in all the shows. Time travel goes crazy. But I'm gonna say for this one, I would say that they do remember this. This is just part. Of, I would say this is just part of their journey yeah. as witches and as as. Yeah, and I, I sort of feel like the people in the future would be the ones who should remember. Right. You know, because they're cause, cause, yeah. cause and effect, you know, whereas the 2006 exactly. people would be the ones who forget, if anything. Yeah. Well, too, so. Yeah. Um, but just for fun, because we have that one that they use to return, I'm going to read the one from the Imaginary Queens again that they use to return. Oh, yes, yes. Um, and this was... Uh, a son in the future, a son in the past, seeing anew what once has passed. Return him now to whence he came, right when he left, all now the same. So they do have a lot of the same kind of structure. They've actually, a lot of the same kind of they've actually improved that. Yeah. Because they changed the right when they left to back when they left. Back when actually, left. It's actually a lot better. <laughs> it is better. Yeah. So, yeah, you, so they, he improved that. Do you think if Charmed were to be reborn... With the OG crowd say, um, fingers crossed, toes crossed, um, that witchcraft would be far more to the fore. You know, you like there's so many series out there that where the witchcraft is dark and demonic and, you know, and it's, or is part of Charmed that they're three modern girls and who, should, who don't look like witches. And, you know, even when they do spells, there's sort of that disconnect with these you know beautiful modern women doing spells you know what what way do you think they'd go would they make the magic more traditional darker or would they stay lighter 
Uh, it's hard to say because Charmed did do both. When it started, it was very much in the darker vein yes. and more of the traditional Wicca vein. And it, as it got, like season five is where it really went off the hills. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like they probably want to, I feel like they rebooted, they probably want to bring some of back some of that darker vibes, I would think. Yeah. Because that's the, the way a lot of the modern times are. I mean, if you look at Sabrina, like it's just, just this light fluffy thing. And then suddenly chilling adventures of Sabrina is absolutely demonic. And uh-huh. it's like, it's like there's no connect between the two whatsoever. Like, which is good right. in a way because they're their own distinct properties and they're one's a comedy, one's a drama. But like, you know, so, but if Charm does return, it, it will still be a drama. But yeah, yeah I think sure. that, I think though the creators will look at the dark part of the early seasons and say, look, that's, that's when the Wiccan side was to the fore. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't, yeah. yeah, you probably wouldn't ditch that. You'd renew that, I'd say. Oh, now we have best baddie rankings. Best baddie. <laughs> I actually put Dr. Genivik as number two on my list. <laughs> So this is from um, book 31 onwards, is it? Yes, starting from the Queen's Curse onwards. Uh, he Right now he's between uh, Ravaging Man Beast from Demon Doppelgangers and Shax from Charmed Again, because Shax is the one that carried over. He's always winning, so I, I, he's right between those two. But I just because I feel like his, his experiments were getting down to something that might have not been explored and could have been really dangerous. And Apparently, according to this book, he has the power of projection, which is exactly the, the same powers that Wyatt has and Billy has, which makes you pretty much do whatever you want. Mm. So that's a crazy powerful power. Um, so I, I think he could have been a real threat and a real problem. Yeah, like, yeah it's like he doesn't commit his powers to violence. He just has, he's got a, you know, he's he's committed it to a different way, which is good as well. And he's, he's not yeah. he's not the sort of demon people can come in and kill either. You know, he's got his own realm. He's got his mm-hmm. own domain. By the way, you mentioned it there. Do you know what my favorite novel is? What? Of the 42, or 43 I read now, actually, including the first teen novel, is Demon Doppelganger. That is my favorite. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a good one. That was, I mean, the threat, that's why Ravaging Man Beast isn't my number one, because, yeah. I mean, he was really doing some crazy stuff. And, I mean, yeah, I, that, that I don't actually, know who could beat him. That actually read like <laughs> a modern novel. If you're, you know, you'd often see something mm-hmm. like that where, uh, this thing keeps doubling in size and it's impossible to stop. So yeah, that was yeah. my favorite. And I thought it was well written as well. And so that's my number two. He, he ranked pretty high for, for this one. Um, the next one I have is I do have a Grimoire game for you. <laughs> what is this? Some kind of game? Grimoire games. Some people think this is entertainment. <laughs> oh God. I don't even know how I'll do it. My lack of knowledge is going to be exposed here. <laughs> I, it's eight. This is actually a recycled game from Hanging with the Hallowells. This is the same game I, I quizzed Sean on, on Leo, for Viocon Vio Leos. Okay. So the questions should be familiar to you. And a lot of these <laughs> I did talk about in this episode. I talked about them, so I did give you a lot of the answers already. Okay, that's but, good. But no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> um, and I do have multiple choice for a lot of these as well. Okay. <laughs> All right. So first question, name an episode with Leo in its title. Oh, uh, it's that Spanishy one, Leo Cotton Bayas or something. What's that? Uh, um, 
You said it. Yeah, you said it twice. I just, I just said it. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that the one with all the Leos around town? It's like everybody looks like like big John Malkovich. Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. Um, and there and there's two, three episodes you can choose from. Yeah, any, yeah. any one of them would do. Um, they're all sexy titles. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's what uh, you yeah. said to me. Um, <laughs> You know, I, could, I should have just had the the, the uh, I could have flicked over Excerpt. to Excel and Excel my Excel file here and just look for Leo. But I'm not cheating both hands. Um, oh God, um, Leo dies again and comes back again. No, that's not one. Um, Leo and Piper. Yeah. I, you know, I I'm so bad with episode titles. I've only watched okay. the episodes once. I can't sure. quite remember. Okay, so there's uh. The first one was season four, episode 17, Saving Private Leo. Oh, we did that one. That's that the one I was thinking of. Leo dies and comes back to life. That's, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> then you can do season seven, episode nine. There's something about Leo. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then you can do season eight, episode 10, Via Con Leos. That's the one I no, almost said. <laughs> yeah, you said it. You said the right words, just in a different order. Oh, all right, okay. <laughs> all right, number two. Which of the following is not a power ever displayed by Leo? Okay. A, hovering. B, electrokinesis. C, chronokinesis. D, aerokinesis. Or E, healing. Hmm. It's either B, C, or D. It's not A and E. Um, chronokinesis. Has he ever done anything timey-wimey? Um, I'm going to say C, but I think it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> it was a trap. I know. Uh, he did do chronokinesis while he was an avatar. In oh, there's something about Leo when he, oh, he, he, yeah. he like where he turned back time to uh, when Piper. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that was a really good special effect as well. One of the best. It was. Yes. Yeah, he did his little face, his little girl face, and then they just like the zoom out of the to, down the yeah. stairs and stuff. Very fun. Um, so the actual answer was aerokinesis D with the wind and stuff. He never had the wind power. Okay. Okay. Number three, which episode did Leo first appear in? I have options for you. Okay. So, uh, thank you for not morphing. That's 103. Dream Sorcerer, that's 105. The Fourth Sister, that's 107. Or The Witch is Back, which is 109. I remember when he joined, I said, is this guy just being hard because he looks like Anthony Stewart head? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, And he sort of does look like an American version of him. Um, I'm going to say it's early. It's one of the early ones. One yeah, so I'm going to go really early. I'm going to go 103. You are correct. Yeah, yes. 103. I got one right. <laughs> thank, you. thank you for that, he He's not in the entire episode until the very end. Okay, okay. So that he comes up after they watch their Christmas tape. Yeah, remember Christmas he was Christmas. just loitering around there for a few episodes before we got into mm-hmm. him. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number four. What is the name of Leo's previous wife? I have A, Martha, <sighs> B, Lillian, C, Lucille, or D, Mary. This was an ex Libris. Yeah, I, I remember it well. Um, they're all sufficiently 1940s names. Uh, <laughs> Mary's kind of an Irish name, so I think... I, I remember that, so I'm going to exclude that. Okay. Um, I think it's because you put two L's in there. It's one of them. So Lucille or Lillian? Lucille or Lillian. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Lillian B. 
That's, that's correct. Yes, yeah. Lillian. <laughs> All right, number five. There's only eight questions. Number five. Which of the seven deadly sins was Leo infected with? I can't even... Okay, uh, it's process of elimination. Okay, it wasn't lust, I don't think. Greed. Oh, it was, he was sitting on the couch watching TV and eating popcorn. So that's slot, is it? Or laziness? Slot, is it? S-L-O-T-H? Slot. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes correct. <laughs> All right, number six. In A Night to Remember, what impressive act did Leo perform that Piper thought was very sexy? <laughs> and these are the options. A, confronted the evil enchantress. B, opened the portal to the Dark Ages. C, sword fought with a guard. Or D, that tongue thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sword fighting correct this is sword fighting yes <laughs> Leo I gotta say I find the side of you very sexy <laughs> I tell you he trained he trained with a sword in his in his acting whenever yeah it was hot. <laughs> all right number seven what year did Leo die in before becoming a white lighter I did say this once this in this episode Okay. Uh, 1939, 1940, 1941, or 1942? Well, America joined the war on the 7th of December, 1941. I would say he didn't get... It would have taken him a few weeks to get to the Pacific Islands, so it must have been 1942. Correct, 1942. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, and the last question is, what is the headline of the Book of Shadows entry that Leo wrote for his sons. Very fitting for this book. Um, was it a spell? It's a headline. And it's actually a segment in this podcast. Um, um, <laughs> let's let's look at the email I got from you. See if, <laughs> what you let's see. Um, That's not on there. Okay. <laughs> Best baddie? No. Why would he write that? Um, <laughs> continuity? No. <laughs> so, what did he write for his sons, Wyatt and Chris? Mm, I, I, I don't Get know what Wyatt. No, unless it's something like I just I love you or some some sort of something you know emotional. <laughs> but you're, you're gonna you're gonna hate yourself. Tips for future white lighters. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yes indeed hidden in plain sight yes indeed yes speaking of that the next section is tips for future wet layers <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know you did very good I thought you you got like half of them right so that's now, great I've only seen these episodes once so and they're all mushed yeah. together in my brain so right yeah and I've seen them seen them countless times so I do have an advantage um, but yeah I think you did very well for seeing all of them only once yeah no that's <laughs> great uh, but now we're in tips for future white lighters. I was out being a force of good in the universe. This is the moral or lesson we could have learned from the book. So what do you think the moral is for this one? Um, it's, it's the old, I believe it's science and magic. I think, was it Arthur C. Clarke said it, science is, magic is only distinguishable from science in our, in our ability to, you know, where technology is at the time. I don't know what the exact quote is, but I think there's, is that magic is not what it seems to be. It's all science. 
Yeah. Which yeah. kind of breaks the series totally. <laughs> but but yeah. so if you see something you think it's magical, delve into it and just question yourself as to what's really going on. Cool. I like it. I can I mean that's that makes sense. That's cool. I didn't even think about that one, but yeah, I like it. All right. So my tip is living a life to the fullest with ones you love and not in constant fear is better than walking on eggshells forever. So it's kind of going back to this, you know, do you join the fight or hide away? Um, but I feel like it's better just to live and whatever happens, happens, at least still living your life. I, I believe this one does another one as well that maybe ties into that. It's it's about, um, you know, applying knowledge. So Nisha is a teacher. Sure. She clearly has the ability to do everything, but it's only when she's in the practical situation that she's able to employ her skills. So don't, you know, st- make sure you apply what you learn in life. Yeah, beautiful. That's per- that's great. I mean, exactly that. All right, so we have reached the end. Thank you for jo- joining me. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, <laughs> thank you, Kevin. That, very enjoyable. I'm, gl- I'm glad I squeezed in with the penultimate book. <laughs> thank you very much yes. for inviting me on as well. Of course, yeah. I had somebody drop out, and you were perfect. I don't. You're the first person I thought of to fill in. So excellent. Thank, thank you, whoever dropped out, for giving me the chance as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, where can people find you if you want them to follow you on the social medias and see um, your things? I, I'm really just on Twitter. I haven't joined any. I haven't really explored sort of charmed um, life, shall we say? I'm not sure where to. I do follow a few people on Twitter, but my own is at Bernard JKD, and I review different series. Um, if you could just ignore the general football banter, but if, I, 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 every few weeks or months, I move on to a different series when I've consumed uh, the series <laughs> I was on. But I, but I promise I will be, although I won't be tweeting about future Charmed episodes, I definitely will be uh, re-watching them because I've got two apps now that uh, I can watch Charmed at any stage. And I am tempted to buy the Blu-rays as well. I think it's the German Blu-ray, so I will... uh, so at Bernard JKD on Twitter is the best place to find me great great cool well you can follow this podcast at Words of the Witches on Facebook Instagram or YouTube Words of Witches if you're on Twitter Um, you can follow my other podcast Solving for X which is the X-Men podcast with Sean or if you want to go back and listen to the old Hanging with the Hallowells episodes those are still there too really fun Uh, yeah so we'll see you later this month because I'm trying to get that last episode done so August 26th is what I'm going for for the last episode (laughs) but yeah thanks for joining us thanks for listening Spellworders until next time your destiny still awaits